Hey, man, you already know. It's your big hug, OG Parlay. And right here with the best conversation podcast with Killing TV. NC was popping. Best Conversations Podcast. It's your boy Killer TV. This week's episode of Best Conversations Podcast is brought to you by Casket Sharp Closing. Shout out to that boy Drag. Got all the fresh new t shirts, fresh new gear. Got that summer collection coming real soon, or it's probably out right now. Um, please go over to casketsharp.bigcartel.com to go get your Casket Sharp Closing. This week on Best Conversations, we're going to be talking to an ATL legend straight out of that DFB camp. Them franchise boys, I can't believe it happened, but it is. We're talking to Parlay from the franchise boys on this week of Best Conversations podcast. We're going to get into everything from what he's doing now, from, you know, having the whole world snapping and rocking and, um, you know, Everything, man. So stay tuned. It's your boy Killer TV. It's Conversations Podcast. Let's go. Killer TV, Best Conversations Podcast, man. I the cat's out the bag. I got a really special guest tonight. Like, I can't even believe this is happening. Like, but it is straight from the motherfucking west side of motherfucking Atlanta. Owen Holmes on from that legendary, legendary group, them franchise boys, my motherfucking partner, Parlay, and this motherfucking thing. What's happening with you, man? Man, what's popping, man? I'm glad to be here, man. I'm glad to be in the position I can get it back, dog. Yeah, man. We, we I'm I'm fucking with you, man. Like all the stuff you're doing on IG, just motivating people, you know, the um, the conversations you're giving out there. Even with the 25 push-ups a day, like, just just everything you're doing out there, man, like, I feel like your voice just really got to be heard right now. Like, like real nigga to real nigga, like, like you know, ain't too many of us out here that's giving that good word and letting people know it. And I just feel like you should be at the forefront of what's going on out here, man. And, and, and on top of that, motherfucker, you're a legend. Like, for real, for real. Straight up legend, dog. Yeah, you know, I just, you know what I'm saying? I, I just use my voice, man. I use my platform for what I can. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, like, uh, I'm not going to say that I'm really not into the industry like that because, you know, I'm a part of the industry. But the lifestyle of the industry, I'm not really with the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So everything I do, I don't always look for validation from people. I do shit all the time, and I don't put it on IG. I, I, I don't talk about it. Because I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do and where I'm from. You see what I'm saying? Right. Because when I came up, you, you had real OGs. And they the ones who set the president for the hood. They showed you what to do and what not to do. How to do it and how not to do it. That's so true. I feel like right now we don't have we don't have OGs right now. We got a lot of old heads. Right. You know what I'm saying? We might give you a little game. But we don't have no more OGs. We don't have nobody that you can look to. And they lead by example. So I just try to lead by example. Right. As you should. And you definitely led by the charge with um, bringing in the whole movement, man. And before we get into this, man, um, your um, Franchise Boys member, uh, Pimpin', man, um, the news came out that he was um, diagnosed with, with cancer. Is that, is, that, is that correct? 
Yeah, it's Buddy. Buddy, Buddy died. Now he died in Uncle Town. Oh, really? It was Buddy. Yeah, it's Buddy. Oh, it wasn't Pimpin'. No, it's not his Buddy. Okay, man. Well, man. Sorry, sorry to hear that, but yeah. I don't know the brat. The brat said the pimping, but man, sorry to hear that. But um, a lot of people don't even know, man. You got ties to the North Carolina area, and it blew my mind when I heard this in an interview. Was like, damn, like I did not know that. Like, uh, tell the people your ties in North Carolina, man. Uh, well, I, went, I went to college in North Carolina. I went to college at Barbara Scotia. Closed down, none, but it's right. At, it's in Concord. It's right outside Charlotte. It's probably like twenty minutes outside Charlotte. Yeah. So I went to college. You know, I did. I did two years. I did my freshman year, and I did a semester of my sophomore year there. Which which blew my which blew my mind. I was like, that that is so crazy. I got a, I got accepted to the college as well, and yeah, the college got got shut down. So you know, what I mean, that was kind of the end end of my little college run as well. So that was like crazy. So let's go back, man. Like, like talk to me. Like growing up in the West Side. You know what I mean of Atlanta born homes. Like, what was all that? Like, what what was life like that as a youngin? Like, seeing that all, all that going on. I mean, um, I mean, it's, it's really like in the hood, in the hood story, any hood, any any kid from the project. It's really gonna be the same story as far as the as far as what it's like growing up. Because I really come from, I come from the bottom. You know what I'm saying? And when I say the bottom, I mean like. I come from the I come from the, the fucking bottom where I used to you know I used to I used to get out of the government truck mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying when the government truck pulled up I used to get the cereal and the milk and the peanut butter and the cheese and the bread and all that you know what I'm saying I don't see I don't I don't there have been times where you know when I was young you know what I'm saying we didn't have all this shit you had to make stuff so I would bathe you know I would take one of my socks off. And I was I, I, I stuffed it in the hole in the bathtub to fill my water up in my bathtub. You know, we didn't have a shower. You know what I'm saying? I'd take my other sock and I'd wash myself with the sock. You know what I'm saying? I'd get out, I'd get out and I'd step on my pants that I just took off and I'd drop myself out with my shirt. You know what I'm saying? So when I tell you when I say that I don't change from the bottle, my nigga, I don't really experience any 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 poverty. Any poverty stage that you can think of, I don't, I don't personally experience. Word. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. But being, in that, but being in that, being in the project, seeing so much, seeing so much stuff, and, and, and getting a chance. Now you know, I say, I say in the project, but I had a chance. Of, I moved with my dad when I was like ten years old in Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, Clinton, right outside Knoxville. Yeah. Uh, and I got, a, you know, I got a chance to really experience. Another another style of life, and it really opened my eyes up. And it, and it, and I've always been ambitious, but it just made me be more ambitious to be able to overcome the circumstances that I was that I was living in. Yeah, which is crazy. So like growing up in the West Side, um, before before y'all pop, um, Ti pop from the West. Um, even though I know you, um, I've heard you say other interviews that you wasn't, you didn't really care about rap. But, nope. um, but seeing T.I. pop like 01, I think it was like 01, uh, his first album came out. Was that any motivation or it's just like, okay, there's just a nigga from the hood that made it like? No, you know, actually, um, I really didn't know who Tip was. I didn't know who Tip was. Okay. You know what I'm saying? What, what really got us on is because 
in the in the song Dope Boys in the Trap, which was like Ti's biggest, you know, his first like big song in the streets. Right. On it, he like, on it, he was like, he come through Born Hard. You know, he he, he dropping off seventeen and Born Hard. And you know, at the time, you know, niggas were shouting out projects to so to hear on record getting played and getting played on the radio, and this niggas talking about our project, it made it made niggas feel good. You know what I'm saying? To be from this side. As far as the music, still was thinking about music. I never wanted to be a rapper. Never mm-hmm. tried to be a rapper. Never thought about being a rapper. You know what I'm saying? I just I did a I did a music on uh, my eleventh grade year we had a music art festival. My my tenth grade year, we had a music art festival. And if you participate in it, you don't have to go to fourth period. Mm-hmm. So I wrote, I wrote, I, I I wrote it like a poem, but it was like a rap song. I wrote it to a beat. I forget what beat it was. It was a song called Money, and mm-hmm. I performed it for the school. It's a hook and a verse, and the whole school went crazy. You know what I'm saying about the song? You know what I'm saying? So you know, um, you know, year passed. The next year came, eleventh grade. Um, me and Pimp used to play a basketball team. We used to play basketball for the, our school. Mm-hmm. Pimp would beat on the lockers. And I sang, I sang the verse I had in the hook. And all the football, all, all my ba- basketball players, they'll sing it with me. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like like they, they sing the sunset part when they were rapping in the, in, the, in the gym, in the locker room. Oh, yeah. It, it was, it was kind of like that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Pimp used to be like, man, you need to record. Cause I got a studio, I'm making beats and stuff, man. Come check it out. So, you know, we were skill school. You know, I just sell weed. So, Pimp bought some weed from me. You know what I'm saying? I'll go. But I really went into the music, you know. I had hope, man. You know, when you come from the project, you got two things. Two things you want to do. You know what I'm saying? It's not everybody, but this is just the book of young niggas in the hood. Two things you want to do. You want to go to the league or you want to become the king. That's it. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like and, and, you know, you know, I was heavy in sports, but, you know, in 10th grade, I really started dabbing in the streets a lot. And I started making my own money. And me making my own money kind of, it kind of, it kind of fucked up my path. You know what I'm saying? My sports path. Even though I still went to college. And then I went to college. I didn't go to college on no, um, on no sports scholarship. I went on an academic scholarship. Word. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so my ambition was to be great was what took me to college. My hoop dream really, they had, my hoop to football dream really was over with. I really wanted to be a dope boy, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I, 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 I was, I was indulging to that lifestyle, you know what I'm saying? So all that right there just played a part into, you know what I'm saying? Me saying I want to do music, so you know what I'm saying? Like sort of like the Ti situation, him being out, it, it really never, it really never hit me like that about being music. Like I say, I did my first song I ever recorded in my life was a hit. Like if you played in the, on the, if you played on Bankhead right now, the whole club will go fucking crazy and sing every lyric. And they ain't played this song in the club, and I know for over ten years. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's a fucking classic. You know what I'm saying? So the first song I ever recorded in my life was a classic. Right. First song. Then so I say about six more songs. With six songs, my first, my first, within my first ten songs, I had them recorded. We had them. I had them recorded. My first hit single, and I recorded White Feet. Uh, and record a white piece. So like out of my first five, six songs, I had a had a, a underground hit and a national hit. And my first time ever recording music. You see what I'm saying? So it this shit kinda it kinda it kinda like sitting in my lap. As far as the music on, as far as the music go. Like, man, that white T shit just it made it all the way up here to the Carolinas and 
even with that beat, like when you first hear that, when you first hear that beat, you like, okay, like you're gonna stop and listen. And it was just like everybody just stopped. Like that was a moment. It's like everybody have like these moments in hip hop. And definitely like white T was just like one of them. And like to do that and y'all won't even sign was just like was like nuts. Like like how did that like how when that whole phenomenon going on, are you like living in the moment or it's just like you just you, you can't even really experience it like that. Well, like I say, I, I don't, for me it's different. Like I say, man, when we when we uh, when we did white teeth out, like when we recorded white teeth, I was just I think I, I was it was the second semester of my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was that summertime. It was that spring of that summertime when we recorded when we recorded white teeth, and I went back to school my sophomore year. And when I came back, the song was big. So, where my song money was big. Like, what was like, what was like, what was like the first place like you heard White T, like out, like outside, like the studio or whatever, like, like somewhere you was like, damn, like y'all playing this shit, like that's me. Shit, in the in the hood, like she so gotta think, like where I'm from, bro. Like you don't really have to go a lot of places. Like everything's right there for us. I know, I know niggas from my side of town, bro, who ain't never been on the other side of Atlanta, bro. Wow. <laughs> I know some niggas who don't even know how to get around downtown. They get lost downtown. Niggas don't even go downtown. You see what I'm saying? Like, wow, you know, and like in Born Home, we got our elementary school was inside our apartment. Our library was there. Our clinic was there. Our grocery store inside our apartment. The gas station was inside the apartment. The barbershop, the beauty supply store is in our apartment. The motherfucking the mechanics shop. All this shit is inside my apartment. Mm-hmm. I had a fire station right outside my apartment. I had a junkyard right outside my apartment. You see what I'm saying? So it, it was really no reason for niggas to really just leave. So me just hearing niggas play that shit in the car was a big success. But like I say, before White Tees, it was my song Money was getting played like that. So niggas, my shit was getting played in the club. It was like in rotation. It was like one of the biggest clubs and the biggest songs in the club. So when I came home my sophomore year, uh, I, I would come and at first I was a solo artist. We was all solo artists, kind of like Wu Tang. Word up. And so I would come home and I would uh, I would have shows for my song Money. So I would go perform Money at all the different song clubs in Atlanta. And before Money, I only did two songs. I'd do White Tea first with them, and then I'd do Money by myself. So after this shit got big, when I came home my sophomore year. And I came back home, white tea was popping. I never went back to school. I just kept I just kept grinding with the music, you know what I'm saying? My friends and shit. And next thing you know, uh this radio host called Coco Brother was at our middle school on Bankman. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is right after the throwback wave, because I, I used to be a heavy throwback buyer. You know right. what I'm saying? I used to, I used to spend three, four hundred dollars every week on throwbacks. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. that's what had kinda made me say, fuck a throwback, I'm cleaning my white tea. Right. And, Coco brother, he took he took a uh, throwback off. He had a white tee on up on us. So all the kids in the school start running around the school. Everybody starts screaming. Everybody starts screaming. Yep, in my white tee. Yep, in my white tee. So Coco brother reached out to another guy from Bankhead named Lou B. It was like, who is he got with his song? So we he lined us up. Just told us a petition in the song, and yeah, it went from there. And this thing, you know, who's on the radio? And shit, who's getting so much radio? Who's like number one song on the radio in Atlanta? And we didn't even have a deal. We didn't even have a record label ourselves. 
But that's just kind of how fast that shit just really took off. That that shit that shit is super super wild. And then the the parody songs, um, Pink T. Uh, you had uh, Gucci Man with Black T. Like, mm-hmm. like, and I hear it was like a little beef between like the black tea, white tea thing. Like, speak about that. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna call it no beef. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I, I'm not gonna call it a beef because I mean, beef is a beef is a beautiful word. I mean, right, it's, right, it's right. Especially coming from a you know a real nigga like yourself, and you know, what I mean, you, you really yeah. know what what beef really is. Yeah, so, you know, I kind of just seen it as, like, it wasn't a song. It was the kind of shit that they were saying in that song, and they was kind of making it, and the song was kind of, like, directed towards us. You see what I'm saying? Right. So I just came from a point, like, and see, I'm a, like, my other guys in the group, like, they from the projects, but they ain't, they ain't, they ain't like you. You see what I'm saying? Like, right. they ain't, so me, I took it as, like, why is this nigga talking about us? You know what I'm saying? And back then, my biggest thing was then is the type of music that I made really didn't reflect on my lifestyle because I used to feel like that I can't talk about the stuff that I'm really doing because it's, I'm going to indict myself. Right. When you, <laughs> you know um, when you heard Black T, did you know any of those artists at the time that was on no. that song? No, I didn't know none of them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But I found out who they were because, you know, like I got people on the east side. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so it was, it was nothing for me to find out. And who I find out, like, bro, like, you know, especially back then, bro, like, I was real hot-headed, bro. Like, I wanted smoke. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted real smoke. You know what I'm saying? Y'all niggas talking about niggas like y'all niggas. How much y'all gonna do this to a nigga white tea and all this shit right here? Even though I know it was just music, but I took it personal. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, like I say, I, you know, then at the time, you know, we was real busy. So I wasn't really, really wanted to learn like that. And then, then Gucci. And the Never Again, that's what he did it song, Never Again. Gucci was part of a group called Never Again. Okay. And, you know, that's when he split with from the group. And uh, then, you know, he'd be doing his little freestyle stuff. You know, I, I tried to push up on Gucci a few times. And we met, we had a mutual homie, DJ Ace. He kind of linked it up. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I talked to Gucci, and I, you know what I'm saying? And I seen that he really wanted, he really wanted to know where I was on. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I kind of got there. I kind of, I kind of just, I kind of left it, at, left it there. You know what I'm saying? As far as, the, as far as it came to that, because like I say, it wasn't, it wasn't really no beef. They just did a song. Our song was hot. They did a song. They were, I guess, they felt like white tees were too soft and black tees was the gangster. So I, I, I don't know. I never got a really got a chance. But yeah, I was, I was there. Yeah. If I, if I would caught back then, if I would have caught them, you know, one of them in a situation, it probably would have been an ugly situation. I can tell you that though. Facts, um, yeah. Shout out to uh, Gucci Man. He gon' mm-hmm. yeah. So um, so yeah. Signed with Universal. Was that like um a one album deal with Universal? Cause uh, cause I know the second one came out with a uh, Virgin and So So Deaf. No, actually, no. Um, we signed a deal with Universal because they gave us the most money. Gotcha. You know, back then we didn't really understand. We didn't really understand that, you know. If you take money out for this, we're going to give you this much money, but we're going to spend this much money in the market. We understand that. We just want to go with who's going to give us the most money. And Universal gave us the most money. And so actually, when we did White T, Universal said White T sounded too much like White uh, I mean, oh, I think they like me sounded too much like White T. 
Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. And that was the crazy part about it. So what happened was is after our albums dropped, you know, our first album didn't really do too, too good because Universal doesn't do doesn't do very well on promotion. Right. They just got the money. They just you got know what all the money. And, yeah, at the time, Atlantic was the ones who really pushed their artists like that. You know what I'm saying? So, right. Uh, JD did a white key remix, and so he did all oh, I think they like me. Uh, so after all oh, thing they like me got hot, and, it's, and all thing they like me started playing on the radio on the level. So JD stepped with us, you know, we hit Universal, and we asked Universal for a release. Universal gave us a release. No money, no headache, no nothing. Straight, straight release of free, freely. You know what I'm saying? And that's like JD picked us up and signed us to Capital. It was Capital at the time. Mm-hmm. Then next year they merged with Virgin became Perversion. Yeah. That's, that's when JD did the um, all, I, uh, all I Think They Like Me remix. And then he put that on his Young Fly Flashy album. Young Fly Flashy. Yep. Yeah. And then, that, and then that song went platinum. And then at the time, you got to think at the time, I really I really left the group. Word. At that time. Yeah, I really left the group because you, for real, I'm not even on All I Think They Like yeah. I don't even have a I don't even have a verse on that song. Yeah, when you think about it, no. Yeah, I, I don't. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I had really left the group mm-hmm. because I didn't want to. I I I got I kind of got tired of being stereotyped of like who's like lollipop guy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we gonna get to because, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I was because I'm a I'm a real street nigga. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and my lifestyle, niggas know, niggas know, niggas know. You know what I'm saying? Niggas, niggas know me. So, you know what I'm saying? And I just felt like I wanted to really be me in my music. And I couldn't do that with the group because the shit I could talk about is like the shit that they could talk about. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so during that stage, that's when I produced and did Lean With It Rock With It. Lean With It Rock With It was already on the radio in Atlanta before any other franchise boy was even on it. Wow. Did not know that. Yeah. Yeah, they wasn't even the franchise. Bloody Pimpin' Jizzle wasn't even on the with around me. It was me and all my artists who signed me. Yeah, I peeped that. Never understood. Like I never understood who those other two guys was that was on the song. And I was, cause I, you know, I would always follow it. And I, you know, the song was so big, and I was like, you know, I didn't. I never really knew who those other guys was. But yeah, I, I did peep that. Like, damn, who are these other guys on here? Yeah, see, Peanut, Peanut was signed to my label, Ten Ten Entertainment. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, uh, the Peanut was signed to it. He was on the and Charley. He was like my protege. You know what I'm saying? He used to be a little tall. He changed his name to Charley. You know what I'm saying? But he was like one of the hot up and coming artists. After the day after the, the same day of the video shoot, we stopped laying with a rock with it. Uh, he caught a, he caught a murder charge, kidnapping charge. He just got out of jail last year. Wow. Since we since when we shot laying with a rock with it in 2006, mm-hmm. so he did like 10 plus years. Wow. So that's why that's why people never really heard about him. You know what I'm saying? And the other and the other two guys it was a group that I had called Ben Hill Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they kinda got they got hot in the streets and you know, got 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 people talking in their ears and you know, and the blind folk don't know more. And the other guy was the homie uh Shadow Black with Trap Squad. Trap Squad was another hot group that was out at the time. You know what I'm saying? So I just took I took all three of them off. Um, and I put the other three guys on there. Shit. It was, it was history. Yeah, like um, one one question I always wanted to know, 
Um, oh, I think they like me remix. What was your thought the first time you heard Bow Wow verse on that? Like, did you say like, did he write that, or did you, or did, did somebody write that for him? Like, what's the what's the truth? Because he because he killed that. Like, I'm, I'm I don't know if he wrote that or not, but uh, I'm under twenty one yeah, with a black know, card. That was that was tough. You know, I. Ain't... I ain't, no, I ain't into the, I ain't into goddamn bring the stories of the, you know, the behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? Because they stay behind the scenes. Facts, but, facts. You know what I'm saying? But I'm a fan. I'm a fan of entertainment. Okay. I don't give a fuck That's if somebody write it. That's real. Or shit. I don't give a fuck if you write it or somebody else write it. Even if, if I write you a song and you perform that shit, it's really just like you wrote it because a lot of this shit these people do, they don't, they don't even write themselves. A lot of R and B singers that people like, they don't write their own songs. You know right. what I'm saying? But he bodied that motherfucker. He bodied that, that shit. Hard. That shit, that shit went, that shit went, that shit went so hard. So, um, so in the midst of y'all run, um, y'all was in, well, the group was in Greensboro, North Carolina, coming to do, uh, the big show that's in Greensboro, North Carolina called Super Jam. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was there, I was there at the show. It was y'all and a bunch of other groups. And, um, through the whole show, the, your group members kept saying, free parlay, free parlay, free parlay. And I was like, oh, parlay not there? And I, I, you know what I mean? And I didn't even know what happened. But, you know, as I did my, you know, eventually did my research, you know what I mean? You got in a little bit of trouble and shit. Do you remember that show? Yeah, no, I stay in so much trouble that people, <laughs> see, people got to figure, people got to think that, and they have to understand this. At the time that we was having our reign, it wasn't no internet, bro. Right. It wasn't nothing but big time MTV, BET, breaking news. Right. It was no site or no show to go on to hear what was going on. So a lot of shit that I was going through and doing, people never heard about it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Even the, even the thing that you, even, even what you talk about, people never really heard about it. Yeah, because all, all I heard was them say free parlay. And, you know what I mean? You couldn't really just go Google it, you know what I mean? Or whatever happened. Yeah. I was just, you know what I mean? I just like, dang, he ain't at the show. What year was that? 2005 or 2006? I would probably say 2006. 2005. It was it was right in there somewhere. You, you know what I mean? It's, it's like that. It's the big summer concert that they do in Greensburg, where they used to do in Greensburg, like every year called, called Super Jam and shit. Well, uh, well I know it... Uh... In 2005, I caught a murder charge. Yeah. And 2006, I caught a traffic charge. So, you know, in 2005, we had the number one single with Oh, I Think They Like Me. And in 2006, we had the number one single with Land With A Rock. With right. So, you know, in the, in, in, the biggest, in the biggest times of my career, in the height of my career, you know, I catch the two versus charge you can catch being a street nigga. Right. Murdering trafficking. You know what I'm saying? So it, it had to be at least one of them. Because everything else I done been in jail for, I done been right out a day or two, two, right. three days. Like like how do you um and you know, people don't report the good shit, but you know, all charges was dropped on both cases. So let's, you know, let that be known. But um mm-hmm. through the good and the bad, man, how how you um keep your head up through, you know, through so much shit, man? Uh I don't know, bro. I I don't pay no attention. Like I just let my ambition carry me, bro. Um, you know, I know a lot of people say they special. You know what I'm saying? But I, I really feel like I'm a special individual. I really feel like I've been put here for a higher purpose. 
and I just always try to find that purpose throughout everything I do. So I really don't, I really don't dwell on on the past or, or things that I've been through. You know what I'm saying? And look at the situations. I just take every situation I go through as a stepping stone, as a learning, as a learning curve. You know what I'm saying? To learn what I need to do and what I not need to do. You know what I'm saying? As I continue to walk this path. Got you. So you know, ain't too many artists. You know, Atlanta artists can say. I mean, there is a lot of artists that can say it, but but y'all one of those groups that went platinum. You know what I mean? Million records sold. Well, um, it's only a handful of us. Yeah, handful of y'all, right? Yeah, I think Ti went platinum, Jesus went platinum, Hussein went platinum, Ludacris we went platinum, uh, Chris went platinum. I think we're the only group from Atlanta to ever go platinum. Outside, Rap group. Uh, yeah, outside of Outcast. Outside of Outcast, yeah, outside of Outcast. Outside of Outcast, and like transferring from the. I don't even know if it was an era. It was just two, really just two groups that was really from the same part of town. So yeah, kind of transfer, uh, go from the crunk era to this whole snapping thing. And, yeah. and people from the outside looking in, like, I don't know, I don't know D4L from a hole in the wall. So it does look like, oh, who, who are these lollipop niggas? But not knowing like Fabo, God bless Shotty Low, rest in peace. Like all oh, these some real niggas, but but then y'all get looped into this whole snapping shit, like, like, like how all how do you feel about all that shit? Like people thinking that you somebody that you not and shit. I mean, well, like, like I say, man, like you know, JD JD's a marketing genius, bro. Like JD know how to JD know how to take his artists and do you know what I'm saying, ordinary ordinary shit with them. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. And and you know we had our own sound, and in our sound was different from everybody and they started really taking over. So everybody started doing it. But at mm-hmm. times so J D checked, you know, he put snap because, you know, we used to use a lot of snaps instead of claps. Right. Because shit, niggas really got tired of claps. Niggas was trying to do something different. So we got a journal put on us and and the words of the journal kinda of make it kinda of make it like we we can listen to beats right now. Like you listen to Migos white t shirt. Niggas will say that's a snap beat. I think so. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But it doesn't have snaps in it. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just the sound of the music that we made. And they just put the title snap music on it. You right. see what I'm saying? But it did it, it really didn't resemble like even Charlotte Lowe. He used the same type of beat, but they didn't have snaps on them. Right. You see what I'm saying? I just think that it was easy to label this shit because of what we were doing as a group and the things we were doing as a group. You know what I'm saying? To see niggas dance. Because you got to think about this too also. Before we came out, niggas weren't dancing no more. Nah. Niggas was too cool, bro. Like, we made niggas, we made dancing fucking cool again. You know what nobody say? Right. Early 2000, we made dancing cool. We made it cool for street niggas and niggas with pistols to dance, bro. Right. Period. You fuck nobody say. You see what I'm saying? So it's easy to take it's easy to take image and what you see and create your own mindset from it. You know what I'm saying? So that's why, you know, the snap people look at the snap music or the snap era, you know what I'm saying? And that's just that's just a, a label to identify with an era. Right. And um speaking on uh Charlotte Lowe, man, what would like 
like what was y'all relationship like? You know what I mean? Um, I heard you say like you know you, like he really was like the big homie. Like he was really he really was everything he said he was. Like he was like the nigga really out here doing it. Like what like what was y'all relationship like? Well, you know, uh, you know, Charlie Lowe from Born Home too. You know, I, I grew up watching Lowe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, if you was from Born Home, shit, you wanted to be like Lowe. And if you didn't want to be like Lowe, shit, you wanted to goddamn do the same shit Lowe was doing. So either or, goddamn it, it's the same difference. You know what I'm saying? It's, it was impossible to be a young nigga or a nigga his age and not look up to Lowe. Shit, all the big boy cars, all the new rims, all the money, all the jewelry, all that, like, home been doing that shit. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, but... I was the person that I always wanted to go against low. Word. On basketball, on the basketball court, I don't want to be on low team. I don't play against low. It, whatever we did, I wanted to be against low. I'm an underdog, bro. Like, low my dog, but it, everybody wanted to be on low team. You see what I'm saying? And I, I just, you know, I just wanted to be different. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, when we first started rapping, low tried to sign us. You know, low come get a nigga, take a nigga to the mall and do all that shit. But at the same time, my big homie and Low, they like the same thing. You know, my homie, my big homie Milo, you know, he one of the niggas that shot a low name in his song as P-Roll, Milo. You know what I'm saying? Right. And got there, and Milo had it, home had sex, you know? Got there, I counted my first million fucking with home. So, so it was, so the money part, it, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it really didn't excite me. Because, you know, I think at the time, I was, you know, I was selling two for five. I was selling two, two nicks for five dollars. Yeah, future future coming to shot with you and shit. Yeah, of course, man. Future used to ride with me. I used to, he used to roll blunt for me. We used to ride around, get high in the jail park, all that shit. You know what I'm saying? And, and so, you know, like, so goddamn, I was probably, bro, I used, bro, I used to make five, ten thousand dollars a day. I was selling weed. I was selling weed, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, I wasn't new to the money. You know what I'm saying? I, I wanted to control my own shit. I didn't want nobody to control my shit. I didn't want to be signing nobody. I wanted to be signed to a nigga who's going to put me out there. You see what I'm saying? Right. And one thing I know about Low is, if shit, if, if, if you fucking with Low, Low, Low got to get paid off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He got to make some off you. And I, I didn't see no room for Low to make some, for me to make some, and my, and my homies to make some. Right. So, you know, we kind of we did our own thing when it came to the music. How, how competitive did, did it be? I don't know. I don't, like I said, we ain't gonna say beef, but how competitive did, did it get with D4L? And seeing that you oh, no, went from the west real. side. Oh, no, she was real, bro. You know what I'm saying? Bro, she was real, bro. You know, niggas had a few shootouts. You know what I'm saying? Niggas had a few fights. You know what I'm saying? Niggas had some diss on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, shit was really, shit was really going down, bro, because we was really, we in the streets. Like, we really in the streets, bro. Like, I'm saying these niggas, it, it's impossible for me to come outside and don't see low. Right. It's impossible. Like this shit, it's impossible for niggas to come outside and not see me. Why I trap that? Why I trap that? I could probably spit a piece of bubble going on the low solid low part of it, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So this 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 how close it was. You know what I'm saying? So you know, it was always it was always tension. You know what I'm saying? So but you know, it was always been a respect level. Cause my big homie, he had great respect, my partner, Darryl, he had fucking great respect. Home had them been shooting that nigga since he was 12, 13 years old. And I had I had a great level of respect, you know what I'm saying. So it was, it was respect throughout the whole thing. But you already know how it be when you street niggas, you know. You don't tell them one nigga feel a certain type of way. Right, but um, but you know what I mean. I see like y- y'all working together. Like I seen you on uh, uh, what's the name, Jizzle Man? Was um, 
the guy from D from D4L. Like I, I was doing my research and I seen you on his project, and I'm pretty sure like you and Shadi Low and all y'all. Yeah, but you know. man, Shadi Low got two songs. Uh, two songs. I think on Shadi Low first two three mixtapes. I was, I was on all his first two or three mixtapes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you got, but see, all these niggas are from all these niggas from my project. Like I grew up with these niggas. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. See the different words is I'm from Born Home. Bud is uh, from Flipper Temple. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, okay, like the West Side is like three streets. You got Hollywood Road, you got Bankhead, and you got MLK. Mm-hmm. Them, them, all them the three main streets that ride down the West Side. All of them go, all streets go parallel to each other. Bankhead in the middle. All right? Bud is from Hollywood Road. The other two, Pippin and Jill, are from MLK. With Alan Temple, that's on MLK. So I'm really the only one who's from Bankhead. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so all the, all the D4L, they from Born, Born Home. So I grew up with them. But I used to leave Born Home when it got hot. And I would go, I would go to Ella Temple. You know what I'm saying? With them. And kick shit with them. You know what I'm saying? Because I just knew how everybody was in my project. You know, it's like, it's like this nationwide, bro. Like, you get a nigga from, from your project, bro. Like, Niggas support them as long as he support them. And when when you start supporting niggas in your hood, then they're gonna turn on you, bro. You know what I'm saying? And I just I had not seen that so much, I didn't want to put myself in that situation. You see what I'm saying? So I kinda created my own path. I got my own niggas. I started my own crew. You know what I'm saying? I built my own niggas up. And that's what and that's what I did. Right. Like um like y'all y- y'all go platinum, drop this amazing album that I bumped the hell out of that summer. Uh few features, some of the features on there, like, you had, like, Dame Dash talking, like, how, how, how did that come, like, how did that happen? I was locked up when they did that, bro. Okay. I think, uh, I think that was when I was locked up. Uh, I was locked up from, I was, that's 2005. Yeah, I was, I was locked up for that, my body, for that murder charge when they did that song. When I came when I came home, Jim Jones was on the song already, and David Dash was on the hook. Okay. And in my mind, I'm thinking this song's gonna go because Jim on it, and then you gotta think Dame and Jay Z had just split, right? So all the shit that David Dash talking about, he's really talking about Jay Z. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? So me, I'm thinking that this shit's gonna pop, and then I'm finally getting a chance to do music how I like to do music. That's what I like to talk about. I like to talk about dope. I like to talk about the streets. I like to talk about the guns and. That's what I like to talk about, the hustle. Like, that's, that's what I know. You know what I'm saying? So I said, I couldn't wait. You know what I'm saying? To got there and do that, you know, you know, to do that song uh, with them. And also you had, like, Riding Rims that was, like, like dumb hard. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, we had Three Six Mafia on that album. We had Bum B on that album. We had uh, Jim Jones, Damon Dash on that album. Trey Songs. Uh, yeah, we had Trey Songs on that album. We did the bonus track with Mariah Carey on that album. Then we did the corn remix on the album. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like what type of niggas have features like this? Right. So like the album does like super good, like goes platinum. Um, like but but the next album comes out independently on Koch. Like, you know, if you got a platinum group, like you would want to cater to them and do what you're supposed to. And you know, keep the build up for the next album. Like, like what, like what happened from that album to the next album? On well, the you know, JD side. left. Well, you know, JD left. Right. On the Dev Jam. Mm-hmm. 
Capital Merge was Virgin. Capital Merge was Virgin. JD was the president of the urban department mm-hmm. at Capital. So when they merged, the new owner didn't know anything about urban music. Right. JD left. They said it was going to be, JD had to pay $3 million for us to leave and go with JD. So wow. JD and then our, our album budget, I think, was like $1.5 million. Mm-hmm. So it was been like $4.5 million. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. we, so we stayed over there. We was like, JD, we was like, we're going to do this last album and then we're going to call. Then at the time, a uh, guy named Ronnie Johnson, who was in Atlanta, he came on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he was helping us. We was going to do a movie. Uh, we was going to do a movie for the project. We had a $3 million budget for it. Uh, it was rope. We had characters for it. And then Ronnie caught an injury. Oh, and then wow. he ended up dying. He ended up dying. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So now they didn't have nobody to push the, the pioneer or the direct, the, the urban the urban side of the music at Virgin. So what happened was everything kind of everything kind of started flowing down. You know what I'm saying? You know, we, we got we got money, so niggas in focus ain't studio no more. Niggas just join life. Like right. I say, this, this, and then this was my second time going so far. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I remember on my solo shit. So I had, I had I had a plug at Koch. So I was talking to Koch about me doing a solo album at Koch. Mm-hmm. And they asked me what was going on with the group. And I just told what was going on. So they they we ended up putting it together where we hit Capital and uh, when we hit Virgin, we tried up with Virgin and Virgin released our, our music for Koch to put our album out. Mm-hmm. So that's how I kind of end up on our album. Word. Like, how do you feel about um, on, on um, the next album? Like, um, talking out the side of your neck. I mean, it was it was a good song. I mean, it was a good song. I mean, it wasn't as big as as our previous songs, but <laughs> but I I enjoyed it. Um, they picked the wrong singles. Okay. That's okay. That's how, that's how I feel. Like. What album that was? I think that was on, on top of our game. On, album. on top of our game, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to remember what all uh, what song. Uh, yeah, Manny Fresh on the production. Like, how how did it feel working with Manny Fresh? Uh, it, it was it was a good it was a good it was a good shit. I, you know, I, I fought with Manny Fresh. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I fought with Manny Fresh. So it was as far as as far as me. You know what I'm saying? I I, I I liked the opportunity, you know what I'm saying? Because like I say, I'm you know I'm hearing and fucking with niggas that that I've been I've been looking and following my whole you know what I'm saying my whole career. You know what right. I'm saying? Who don't look up to the hot boys and Manny Fresh and Baby? Right. You know what I'm saying? So you know, but that I mean that album. I mean, what else fucking song on the album? No, the the name of the album was Our World, Our Way. Excuse me. Our World, Our Way. Yeah. I'm trying to think what fucking songs I had on, we had on that shit. Uh, oh, choosing, it's a go. The Killers and the Dillers, which which was hard. Um, put you on. I mean, the album was super. You had the uh, the turn heads with Lloyd, which was what was super dope. Yeah, that was a single too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I. I mean, personally, I enjoyed that album. I copped it. I I enjoyed it, um, but a lot of people don't realize like hip hop was changing like crazy at the time. The world was in a yeah, crazy place. Yeah. Social media. I mean, internet, bro. 
This right. when this is when the internet came about. Right. This is when YouTube started getting big. This is when Facebook dropped. Like this is when the internet started really started really growing. You know right. what I'm saying? Labels labels were signing singles. They wasn't even signing art like real artists. Like they were just signing niggas that had a hot single. Like like the yeah. whole game changed. Like which yeah. which, which was crazy, man. Um, <laughs> did did you want to just say? Say fuck this rap shit like all together like you know after shit kind of slowed down a little bit. I mean no, I just wanted I wanted the world to him. I want I wanted the world to know me for me. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Right. I wanted because you know like I say man, you know like when you do something and you true to it, you see a lot of people get credit and they not really true to what you do. It it it's going to light a fire fire in front of you. I don't give a fuck who you are and what you do. You can be a basketball player. If somebody keeps saying that these players better than you, and you know that you you better than this player, like that's going to make you want to go harder. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I just seen a lot of guys talking a whole bunch of street shit, and I knew these niggas weren't street. Like I knew this for a fact. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, man, niggas keep listening to all these niggas. Then nigga, I'm gonna tell these niggas the real story. Right. And but it was it was kind of I ain't gonna say it was hard, but it was hard because. I just come from making a million dollars of dancing and, and doing feel good music. Did you did you feel like did you feel like niggas just because it wasn't no social media, people didn't really and my either always looked at you like the front runner of the group, and it's just me. I always looked at you yeah. like the Jadakiss of the group, like the, the, the yeah. like that's how I always looked at you. I mean, everybody Yeah, from the <laughs> from the beginning, I always looked I always looked at you like that. So, like you said, like 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 you was dancing and snapping, whatever. Was it was? It, did you feel like it was hard for people to take you serious? Cause cause people didn't really know that you was a you was you really do street music. You know what I mean? But but the people see the big singles and think that you're some you know lollipop rapper and shit. You know what I mean? Especially not now you trying to go solo and shit. Was you I mean, and I I don't see. It's two types of people. It's the people who know me and the people who don't. Right. You see what I'm saying? The people who don't know me is the people that I don't experience. I don't experience life with. I don't. I don't share. I don't share anything with them. Like it's easy now because social media, you can share whatever you want with whoever you want. So you right. can touch on any phone that you have any time. I, I, I didn't. Only thing I knew that niggas who knew me. Right. You see what I'm saying? If you listen to any fucking song that the franchise board has ever recorded that has my voice on it, only thing I'm talking about is street shit, gangster right. shit. Even on um, even on riding rims, yeah, nigga. Oh, if you think about lean with it, rock with it, right? You know what I'm saying? Even the first four bars. If I say lean with it, rock with me, I say got a pill, pop with me. Mm. Go and take a shot with me. Call me Ted. I got grills. They don't hate shot with. Me. Like, and I got kids saying got a pill, pop with. Me. Go and take a shot with. Me. Parents don't. They don't register in their head what they saying because the because the image of what we're doing doesn't pervade street. Right. You know what I'm saying? I had no cut on it. Got a pill, pop with me. Think about how many kids saying that fucking line. And their parents let them say that line. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. All my songs. Even though, even though, even though White T, like White T was a straight fucking trap song. Like, yeah. that's what it was. It was a trap song. You know what I'm saying? I slang, I bang in my White T. You know what I'm saying? I serve things in my White T. You see what I'm saying? Like, that shit was like all my music was doing it. I just felt like I had to paint a picture in a different way. 
because like I said, I was really doing this shit. And I didn't want to be indicted for something I said on the phone. So to me, it was easy for me to to hide who I was in the music that I was doing. Because it, 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 for real, the music I was making, that shit is me too. So it ain't like I was doing something that wasn't. Like I like the thing. I like to pop my shit. I don't give a fuck about what nobody's saying about me. You know what I'm saying? It done been plenty of times niggas get in the club and dance and have to fuck niggas up. You see what I'm saying? Right. I don't let somebody else define what I do or who I am. I just been that type of person. And that right there created a way to make everybody feel the same way. You know what I'm saying? The shit that niggas is doing, the shit that I was doing, bro, didn't just change my neighborhood, my nigga. I touched the world, bro. Mm -hmm. The fucking world, bro. I did me. You see what I'm saying? I made them dances up. Them niggas in my group, they really want no dancing niggas like that. I came up with them dancing. Niggas, niggas are still looking up for waiting for that hat to fall. <laughs> yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? Nigga, the motorcycle. Nigga, yeah. I started that, nigga. The pool palace, the two-step, I started that, nigga. All that shit, nigga. I, we was doing that, bro. We was doing that shit before you even, before niggas even heard about other niggas, bro. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, Ain't they want nobody laying with a rock with it? I came up with that shit off my fucking head, riding in my fucking Yukon Denali, bro. And and that's why niggas need to give you give you in your group y'all credit y'all deserve. Tip, I love you, but 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 these brothers need to be in the trap museum. Like I, I of course. Like come on, man. Like these these y'all y'all trendsetters, and man, I'm just I'm just loving like your movement right now, IG and. And your voice, because you got a powerful voice, bro. Like, like I literally was like, man, like, what is he like? You know what I mean? Like, because sometimes it's out of sight, out of mind. And I just literally just went to YouTube and was like, and you know what I mean? I, I literally just like banged out like five or six of your interviews and was just like, yo, like that's a last study, like that's a real one. And, and then from that, just the positive words that you that you, you know what I mean, you say every day on your IG, man. It's just like you got a voice and you need to be heard and you need your motherfucking credit that you deserve for, you know, you know like, pioneering a lot of shit. Fuck shit. Yeah, a nigga pioneering fuck a lot of shit. But like I say, everything is in due time, bro. Everything is with patience. They'll catch you up. Know they'll, they'll catch up eventually. Yeah. I, and I just feel like now, I feel like now everything I did over all these years is going to be more impactful for what I'm doing now because my vision is different. Back then, I was a young nigga. I didn't, you know, I always talk OG shit. I always had a good head on my shoulder, but I was wild. I was a youngin. I had paper. I had millions, bro. Right. I ain't making shit invincible. Who the fuck I want to? Right. You see what I'm saying? I ain't gonna fuck about none of this shit. Who? Who? What you gonna? What you gonna do to me, nigga? Cause I got niggas with guns, just like y'all got niggas with guns, and my niggas is ignorant, so they don't give a fuck about going to jail and doing 20 years, and I don't either. So. And I, and I think my balls is bigger than anybody else's balls. So, nigga, let's get this shit popping, nigga. You see what I'm saying? Nigga, it, it was, you know, like I say, it, it's crazy to say it, but me and my, me and my niggas didn't cry when niggas died, bro. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm. Like, we mourn like, damn, I miss my nigga. You know, we might shed a tear. You see what I'm saying? But niggas don't cry, bro, because niggas know what type of lifestyle we live in. You see what I'm saying? And, after so long, after you lose so many niggas, my nigga, you can't go numb to that shit, bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? So when a nigga die, it it, it really don't it, it, it don't affect you like that. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like everything I'm built through is helping my platform that, that I am now, speaking from an OG standpoint with everything the way the world going right now. And I just feel like I do it because 
these young niggas is not going to listen to nobody if you haven't done it before. That, you know what that's I'm saying? Super true. Niggas only take niggas only take advice from niggas who done done the shit they need to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I'm a one percenter because it ain't shit I can't talk about. It's not a level I can't, I can't talk about from the bottom to the top. It ain't you can't talk to me about being real and keeping shit uh, solid. You know what I'm saying? Because I done been a rapper with me on the road doing shows and my niggas with me. Like, niggas can't tell me, oh, my manager said, I can't do this. Niggas can't hit me with that bullshit, bro. You see what I'm saying? Because right. I, don't, I don't live that shit, bro. It ain't too much I haven't been through personally. And if I haven't been through it personally, I know somebody who has been through it personally. All type of situations. And over everything I have ever been through, I have overcome all that shit, bro. I ain't never did longer than five weeks in jail. Wow. Five weeks, the longest I ever did in jail, bro. You see what I'm saying? And I don't count pistol charges, all kind of uh, obstruction, fighting the police charges, bro. Like, my rap team is fucking stupid long, bro. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm blessed. You see what I'm saying? Definitely I'm blessed. blessed. Definitely I'm blessed, blessed to be here to talk about this shit. I got a real testimony. And now niggas ain't going to do nothing, but niggas hear me now, and they're going to do nothing and start researching me, and niggas going to be like, you know what? I would have been a really. Oh, yeah, he been, oh, yeah, so he been doing this shit. Oh, shout out. I didn't know he did that. I didn't know he doing that. And it's just going to make everything, it's going to it's gonna put me where I want to be. So I just feel like all that shit been going vain. I just feel like right now it's time for me to, you know, to speak on these situations and be, use my voice as, as, as a tool for the, for the streets. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? For the streets and the street niggas. And when I say that, you know, a lot of people like, you know, Killer Mike do it, you know, and he does do it. You see what I'm saying? But me and Killer Mike speak from two different standpoints, even though we talk about the same stuff. You see what I'm saying? Because I really want to, I really want to change the narrative of street niggas, bro. You see what I'm saying? And right. put and put the, and put this, the morals back in the game how it was when I came on. It's okay to steal dope. It's okay to kill. Do it with a purpose. You see what right. I'm saying? Nigga, nigga, war is necessary sometimes. You see what I'm saying? But it's for a purpose. If you're gonna rob somebody, nigga, rob them because your family. Need, need feeding nigga and people just sick and shit like that. These niggas right here just do shit just to tell another nigga they did it, bro. You see what I'm saying? And and it's not gonna change unless you get somebody to speak on this shit that niggas can respect. And I don't feel like it's nobody else. I don't feel like it's nobody else, bro. Like he gotta be me. Yeah, you the voice box, man. And like speaking on shit that a lot of people don't even know you did, man. You got a movie on motherfucking YouTube that. Three over three million, almost like three million views. That shit yep, is super, exactly, shit is super dope. The trap movie, man. Like, what motivated you to make that movie, man? And this shit is super dope too. Rest in rest in peace, of Bang Real Fresh as well. Appreciate it. Now you know, um, me and Young Ralph had a, um, did a big tape together called Thunder Dog. Mm-hmm. We had a single called TTG. And my uh, my nigga, I told Creek, I want my nigga Creek out the video. So you know, I wrote the treatment for the video. And she had cricket. We shot the motherfucker. And the way I was promoting, the way I was promoting the video, I was promoting like a uh, like a movie. You know what I'm saying? So everybody thought it was gonna be a movie. So afterwards, they were like, "Oh, that why you ain't just making no movie." So you know, my mommy said, "Probably if you write it, I shoot it." So I went home in three days. I wrote this rap. Mm. Shit, shit, hard man. Like some real gangster Atlanta shit, man. man. Yeah, this hard. This man, it's hard. It's a hard move that came out of state property, bro. Absolutely. A- 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 absolutely, man. Like I, do you know do you know what do you know what state property came out? You know what year state property came out? That was uh 2001, 2000. Like, like two, 2004. 
Okay, two that that was two thousand four. Yeah, was that two? Was that State Property two that came out for? Nah, State, State Property came out in two thousand. Yeah, I think it was two thousand four. Two thousand. I think it was two thousand four. If it was, it could yeah, be two thousand four because the rock was already done in two thousand four. Like in two thousand, I think it might have been like two thousand two then. Yeah, two thousand two. I think I think the uh, part two dropped in like two thousand four, two thousand five. Like yeah, uh, State Property, yeah. State Property two. But you got. It's been over 15 years since we had a movie like that that makes right. you feel like that, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you, like, boys in the hood, like, when you watch it, you step out. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like, I ain't from here, but this shit feel like, this shit feel like me. You see what I'm saying? Right. And then, you know, Atlanta, we the, like, black Hollywood right now. Like, we the biggest city in the United States right now, bro. Right. You know what I'm saying? And niggas don't know about our city, my nigga. Because these rap niggas only talk about shit today. They talk about a project that they're not really from or a part of town that they really don't have uh, uh, hours spent on the pavement. Just because you stayed in the project, you know a few people, your grandma stayed there, doesn't mean, that don't make you from there. You from where you make your name in. Facts. Big you know what I'm saying? That's, that's where you from. And niggas don't take you around the Atlanta, bro. You know why? Because the rap niggas that niggas follow cannot go to these places in Atlanta, bro. Shit, wow. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, the, like the trap, bro, that's the, that's the, that's the, if I don't, if I don't, if I don't shoot another movie, bro, that's the really you gonna get to another. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why. Because niggas can't go places like that and shoot movies. Like no. I shot that movie in Night Wars. Wow. Niggas can't go. Niggas can't shoot movies. Everybody I had in my movie was a street nigga. Everybody ain't nobody I had in my movie ever been in a movie before. I had niggas in my movie had ever never even been in a music video before, bro. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. shot that video in the middle of the fucking trap for real. Every day, bro. It's shoot out all kind of shit going on. Police chasing, all kind of shit going on every day, my nigga. You see what I'm saying? Like, niggas is not going to be able to get that many niggas together and get them to listen and be able to get them lead that many people. Bro, it's not going to happen, bro. That shit hard, man. Y'all, y'all, please, after y'all get done listening to this interview, go watch the trap movie on YouTube. That shit really should be on motherfucking Netflix or some shit like that, like because that shit just that damn hard, man. Before yeah. I, before I let you let you go, man, tell people about that movement that that trap money uh, movement you got going on right now. Well, you know, it, 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 trap money. I had a uh, I had a song called Trap Money. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it, it was it got real it's real hot in the streets. And you know, I just you know with the way niggas is taking the trap shit right now, you have to adapt with the time. And right now, trap doesn't symbolize streets anymore. You know what I'm saying? Trap just means... Trap to me is like, it's commercial now. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? That EP and, you know, the whatever, like, whatever that little fuck, that fist pumping music shit they do, they call that shit trap me. Like, what the, what the hell are they talking about? Yeah, I, I it's not... Like, it's not, this shit is not trap music because ain't none of this shit talking about trap. Right. You know what I'm saying? And anytime you're talking about the trap, this shit come with this shit come with heartaches and it come with pains. It come with up and it come with downs. You know what I'm saying? So you can never talk about the good without talking about the bad. And all the music that you hear now is music from niggas about trapping, but niggas ain't really talking about trapping. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I just made a trap movement just, just saying niggas, you know, Taking it for what it is now, just telling a nigga trap is anything that you do and you're not working a nine to five. Yeah. If you don't punch the clock, you trap it. Right. Don't give a fuck what you do. Whatever you do, 
If you don't clock in and clock out and trap, so if you sell socks, TVs, beds, fucking pencils, jump ropes, nigga, tank tops, I don't give a fuck what you do, you trap. Literally, that's what you're doing. So I try to take that that approach and, you know, and, and, and just bring it to the, to the commercial trap music now. But, you know, the movement is already you. You know what I'm saying? Real niggas united. Uh, Real nations united. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm pushing. That's what I'm moving with now. You know what I'm saying? I want to unite all the real niggas. You know what I'm saying? Nationwide. Because if we don't unite, we're going to keep letting these sucking niggas infiltrate this shit. Because the lame niggas and the niggas who stayed on the porch and the house niggas is getting very, very, very good at portraying the street nigga, bro. So good that it almost, it's almost impossible to tell the difference, bro. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, man. You watch these niggas on IG. Like, yeah, I ain't gotta tell them I see these niggas all the time, and I just feel like it's a lot of real niggas, but it's a lot of it's a lot of real niggas that endorse a lot of bullshit. You see what I'm saying? I just feel like the streets lack morals, bro. The streets don't have morals no more, bro. There's no code no more. Ain't no, I'm sticking to the G code. It, it, it's no more, and I just feel like it's like that because we don't have vocal leaders. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a lot of niggas who speak. Who speak that shit when they pay? You know what I'm saying? For especially from Atlanta, like Big Bang Black, he do it. VLD, he do it. You know, Trouble do it. My homie One Lotto, he do it. You know what I'm saying? It's like I know a lot of niggas that I watch. I'm like, homie, home, home, spend that shit. You know what I'm saying? But you speaking it, you have to be able to speak it and touch everybody, not just the people that you target. People who white people who don't know nothing about trap got to hear your shit, hear you speaking, and be like, "I, I, I feel him. Who is this? Right. Oh, shit, let me find a little bit going on. What's up with this trap shit? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I just, I just feel like, bro, that we need leadership, bro. We need vocal leaders, not just street leaders, but niggas in the community. Because the dope boys on Thanksgiving they pass out turkeys. Back to school they got back, they got book bags. You know, well, every Friday they pay for haircuts. You know what I'm saying? If the parents, if if, if the mom isn't having nothing to eat, they went grocery shopping for them. You see what I'm saying? If the kids needed shoes, they got shoes. Niggas ain't doing this shit no more, bro. Niggas better go to the club and spend two, three thousand dollars throwing on some bitches who not gonna give you nothing back besides doing positive shit with. It. We have no more dope boys. It's just niggas who sell dope. Right. And like, where the OGs at? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where the leaders in the community at? Where the niggas who go speak up and shit when shit fucked up and shit wrong? You see what I'm saying? These niggas so scared. These niggas don't. These niggas don't talk to nobody. These niggas don't go downtown. They don't have political, you know what I'm saying? Influences and, and people they can talk to. I just want to be that person, you know, who is who can bridge the gap between the shit that niggas can't do. You know what I'm saying? Like I say, man, I want to be the nigga that take you to the project and talk to the project kids. You see what I'm saying? Like like you're saying with the push up shit, bro. You know what I mean? And street niggas that. That, that I got doing push-ups every day. Shit is crazy, man. Like, I, seeing you post that shit every day is like, from the athletes and I don't even to post the... Half of right, from the athletes to the street niggas to, to the kids, like, you know what I mean? Like, motivating, man. That's why your voice is just so powerful. And, man, in, like, Atlanta, like, this is one of your own, man. Like, like They scared of me, though. They scared of me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> they scared of me because I, I, I I'm not these niggas killer. I'm not these niggas killer. And you can't you can't you can't say now nah, probably don't do that. I do what I want to. I say what right. I want to. Say. I right. move how I fucking want to move. Niggas don't control me, and I'm not very friendly. 
You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not very friendly, especially now. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I see, I can see whole shit mile away now, bro. Right. So I don't even, I don't even care about even pretending to be friends with niggas, bro. Because I, I just know me. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not, I'm not really friendly. I don't go to niggas' video shoots and I don't post all on niggas' page and I don't do the shit that niggas want you to do for you to be their friend right. or for you to feel like they fuck with you. If you, if you catch my drift. Like, now, to get a nigga to fuck with you now, you got to go like his pictures on IG. You got to give him some shout-outs. You got to come in every time he posts. And then now he want to post on your shit and come in on your shit. Like, bro, you don't got to come in on my shit. If I, if I like what you're doing, my nigga, you ain't got to follow me on that. I'm going to support you because I like what you're doing. It, niggas don't do that no more, bro. Nope. You go on a nigga page nope. right now and you like 100 pictures. He gonna come back on your page. He gonna like hundred. Like hundred pictures. Like it shit is. That shit is so. Hard. Yeah, it took me. It took. Yeah, it took me. It took me to hear like your pictures for you to come like my pictures, my nigga. Like that's that's the way that's the way of saying hello. Like hey, how are you? Like nigga, no nigga. If you if you yeah, fuck, if you, you know fuck what I'm saying? Fuck with me. That's it, bro. Like, like, bro. I knew if if I just get up every day, bro, and just pull up to the studio. Fuck with these rappers, like, cause niggas fuck with me. I fuck with everybody. Like, I don't got ill will towards niggas. They don't got ill will towards me. My name ain't fucked up in the streets. I don't give a fuck who you meet me, where you meet me at. Niggas ain't saying bad shit about me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Niggas ain't saying my name came up with no paperwork. Niggas ain't saying nigga hit me back by. Niggas ain't heard nigga pillow lay pillow talking or lay did this shit. That shit wasn't real. Period, bro. And it ain't it ain't even two percent of niggas in the world you can say that shit about. You see what I'm saying? But right. if I go and I start fucking with all these rappers, then these niggas start saying, oh yeah, my boy Parlay. I start being on more features. You see what I'm saying? Niggas will be, niggas, the, the, the way you look at me, niggas will put me there. I don't do that because the niggas who control the masses are not real niggas. They not. You see what I'm saying? And I just refuse to play that game with niggas, bro. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to fuck with me, you're going to fuck with me because of who I am and because you fuck with me. I'm not going to fuck with you because I want you to validate me as a real nigga or you want niggas to be like, oh, no, nah, probably the OG. No, nah, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Because one thing about it, nigga, I ain't got to say shit. You ask a nigga about me. Nigga going to tell you everything you need to know about me. It ain't going to be nothing but some, ain't gonna be nothing but some shit. You know what I'm saying? A nigga hit me the other day like, hey, my nigga, keep doing you, man. I, everybody I, I met over the years, I've been knowing a whole bunch of niggas that you know. Every time I ask about you, my nigga, your shit come up unblemished. This is the worry you use. I'm blemished. You're like, nigga, you, 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 I, nigga, I ain't never said anything about you. But, nigga, I done, I done made means, lost means, made means. I ain't never changed. I go around white people. I'm the same, I'm the same parlay. I don't change. I'm around my football kids. I'm the same parlay. I never change. I just know how to adapt and, and be me. You see what I'm saying? Niggas don't know how to be them. Niggas get around other niggas and change. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I ain't, never, did, I ain't, never, I ain't never did that before. You know what I'm saying? Niggas respect Parlay because the shit that I don't, because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't made people respect me from the things I've done. You know what I'm saying? Niggas don't fuck with me. Niggas respect me, bro. And it's a difference. That's why I ain't on the pedestal. You see what I'm saying? Because well, niggas don't fuck with niggas don't fuck with me. Well, we gonna well we gonna put huh? you there. Well, we gonna put you there. And man, from the Carolinas to the ATL, man, like Parlay, like I. I I salute you, like you was a man of your word. You know what I mean. You can't fuck with me, and um, I really appreciate you for this interview, man. And uh, I'm gonna blast this shit off because like niggas need to hear your voice, man. And and the shit you're doing in the community, 
like you, big big um, you know what I mean? Yep. With you know, you know, coaching kids, playing football, and you know, your voice is so powerful, man. So for me, from everybody in the Carolinas, man, best conversations podcast, man. I just want to say thank you, and I really appreciate you, bro. And 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 keep pushing, man. And we're hoping for me, new music and uh, everything and everything else you're doing. I got new music coming. I got a single with me and Takeoff. Okay. Uh, called Two Pots. Uh, I'm going to drop that. You know, like I say, man, I'm going to start. I, I got a purpose now. Right. You know what I'm saying? I had to find my way. I had to find my place in the industry. You know what I'm saying? And where I can I can move how I want to and be comfortable how I want to be comfortable. And I think that, you know, over this past year, I really don't found my neck. You know what I'm saying? We have no more OGs in the music, bro. Who can we listen to right now that we get game from? That we feel that we feel that empty the empty space that we that we want in the music. Like like we used to get out of Boosie. You know what I'm saying? Like Boosie my nigga, but his music don't feel the same it used to before he got locked up. I mean that's that's real that's real nigga shit. You know like, like that's real nigga shit. Like yeah. But we don't I don't we don't we don't get that feeling like we did from Gucci. His music still sound the same, it's still great. I still fuck with him, but I don't get that feeling. You see right. what I'm saying? You should get it from Jeezy. Niggas ain't heard shit from Jeezy. Right. You see what I'm saying? Niggas ain't niggas wanna niggas niggas need that shit, bro. Ain't nobody in the game like that, bro. You see what I'm saying? Cause most of these niggas that niggas, especially from the city, I don't think niggas doing it tell you buying big boy cars, buying Balenciaga shoes, be fresh to death every day. Who gives a fuck about that nigga? Health is wealth, my nigga. Get healthy, my nigga. Stack you some paper. Who gives a fuck about the red bottom shoes, nigga? You know what I'm saying? And I look at niggas like Bill Gates, and every time I see him, he dressed like a fucking pedestrian. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And I see shit like that, and I want that to be the focus for my black brothers and sisters because that focus is going to take us a whole to a whole other level as people. You see what I'm saying? Fact. Black people spend the most money in the world. I hear Killer Mike. World, talk, I hear Killer Mike talk about it all the time. In the fucking world, bro. Mm-hmm. We spend the most fucking money, bro. Why can't we take that money and, and spend it with each other? You know what I'm saying? Killer got a killer got a roofing company. Uh, Mike got a motherfucking housing company. Paulette got an electric company. Uh, uh, the whoop got a goddamn landscaping. Why can't we just shit? You do my roof, I do you do that. You do my this, and we keep the money within our own community. You know what I'm saying? Like like the, like the boy Derek, uh, Derek do. You know what I'm saying? We we'll be talking about the home banking and shit. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like we just need to get with him. We need to start educating each other, bro. You know what I'm saying? And stop being scared of letting another nigga shine. Because that's what's wrong with black people. That's what's wrong with us. We always care about what somebody else doing. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I think that it's going gonna, it's gonna to take real niggas to change that narrative. You know what I'm saying? It's going to take real niggas to change that narrative for the younger generation, bro. So, you know, I'm just trying to play my part. Well, man, we appreciate you, man. Again, man, we, we thank you, man. And, um, to next time, my G. Uh, hopefully, maybe one day, man, I come to ATL. We can do this shit face to face. Yeah, you. Man, I appreciate you.